Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their film-viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all find out who has better taste in films. Um, for the 95th time, I'm Sam Blakely, and for the 95th time, I'm joined by Hugh... Da- sorry, uh, episode two of season two. Uh, I'm joined by Hugh Dempsey. Say, that's right, get it right. <laughs> uh, we'll sorry, you were introducing me, sorry, I'll show, say again. Yes. The wonderful, the one and only, the Irish slash English... Hugh, the power, Dempsey. <laughs> that, I like it. That's I feel like my darts name. Yeah, absolutely. That's I feel glorious. Like I'd it? be the power for whatever. I've reason. peaked, Hugh. I've peaked. I've peaked a bit too soon yeah. there, haven't I? I don't know where to go from yeah. there. But uh, I yeah. will ask you, Hugh. Yeah. How have you been, my friend? I'm, I'm glad that you introduced it, episode two of season two. Yeah, continuity. Series two. Yeah, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna mention it. At this point now, but you mentioned it, so ruined, that was your plan. Schedule so part thanks, of the game. Thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How am I? I'm salty that you're in my <laughs> joke. <laughs> That's how I understandable. Um, understandably, yeah. Um, but there you go. If I if I had the power to go back in time, <laughs> I would have ch- made sure I got in there before you. Very nice. I like it. it that's a prelude to the uh, question I'll be asking you about forty minutes from now. Um, uh, been up to much this week, Hugh? Uh, I've been watching a bit of the Olympics. Nice. That's been yeah. interesting, I guess, hasn't it? I think. I think. Has it been interesting? It's been good TV wallpaper. Yeah, it's very very good TV wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, wow, there's there's a subject we could get lost in. <laughs> TV, what is good TV wallpaper? Olympics are good. You can drift in and out, and uh, it's it, you know it varies enough. It's fun for all quadrants, and it's it's the only bit of live TV I watch apart from football. So uh, yeah. it's got all that going you for can, it. Yeah, and if you, and if they don't have something on that you're interested in, you can just like go on the red button or something like options. that and get some. Although apparently there's been a controversy about that because a few years ago, uh, the people who were on Discovery Channel, um, they got the, the the full rights, I think it was, to the European distribution of the Olympics, and basically the BBC now license out those rights from them. So before at like Rio in 2016, you could go on like the red button and be like eight different like sports happening all at once and you could watch either of them and also it was being broadcast on live television now it's like two huh. and people mm. have been complaining because of all the subletting going <laughs> well yeah because the only way you can watch all the things you want to watch is if you've got like basically people are complaining because it's gone behind a paywall right and that's and that's a slippery slope I always feel it is for the uh, so-called BBC for the BBC so-called C well, it's bad generally in the fact that usually when sporting events go behind paywalls, other uh, the Premier League tends to be like the exception to the rule. They tend to diminish in um, viewership. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially, yeah, well, that's it. And that's... Uh, and accessibility for large audiences. Especially when most, most people aren't super passionate enough to pay to watch the Olympics, but they'll enjoy the festival. I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't sign up for another thing to watch the Olympics, but I might spend 40 hours over the next couple of weeks watching the Olympics, you know, and it would have been worthwhile. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, Although, that's given us, that's given the listeners some insight into a uh, very important broadcasting logistics there of uh, an yeah. event that might not be going on when you're listening to this, everyone. Um, Potentially. As, you might know the results. Yeah. Don't spoil them. <laughs> <Don't spoil them. laughs> uh, as for myself, yeah. I went to the cinema last night. I watched Old, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Old. Nice. And an interesting Let's talk experience. talk about films we're not going to review. I like it. I had an interesting experience of enjoying the film while it was going on, although seeing that it was flawed, and then from the journey, from the cinema to the car, realising 
What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> That's some nuanced criticism. Yeah, there, Sam. I talked to I like my um, cinema friend. Oh, friend! And uh, Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. The 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 other Sam. The other Sam. Hello, other Sam. I, I basically said oh, I quite like that, and he said yeah, I didn't like that at all. And um, yeah, we decided that was one of the stupidest films I've ever seen. By the time we got there, so I, I got to have my cake and eat it because I enjoyed the film while I was watching it and then in retrospect got to see it, it was really stupid but I still kind of enjoy it in my memory you know it was um, well I mean funnily enough this is a nice little segue uh, it's about time we talk about uh, the film we're going to talk about this week it is about time the problem with the film was... old is it's enjoyable but it sets up premises and then completely ignores them <laughs> regularly throughout um <laughs> If you are going to watch the film old, try not to see anything about it at all beforehand. I saw the trailer a few it's months too, ago. It's already too oh. much. It takes about 35 minutes for the characters to realise what's happening. And if you've seen any really? synopsis anywhere, or if someone said, oh, come and watch this film because it's where blah, 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 they've sort of ruined the first 30 minutes for you. Um, anyway, uh, enough about old. It's about time we talk about... This film, <laughs> second time, yeah, no reaction the first or again, second time. Yeah, if the joke doesn't land the first time. Just keep yeah, trying. this is one of those films keep that you mentioned it. early doors. This was on we, the uh, list, this was on the first on, list we made. It was, on, it was on the original list. Yeah, I think we're about a week away from our two-year anniversary as a podcast, and yeah, literally, um, when we were deciding on this podcast, me and Hugh sat down and we wrote a list of films we ought to have seen by now. You know, top of those lists were things like The Shining for Hugh and Star Wars for me. But one of my films that I wanted Hugh to watch was About Time. One of Hugh's films that he wanted to show me is what we're going to look at next week. So we'll talk about that at the end. Hugh, what did you know about About Time prior to this? Um, not a great deal. Other, I mean, the reason I said, and I mentioned this last week, the reason I, did, I was like, oh, we should do this next week is because I had a bit of a sort of a minor spoiler. In that case, another podcast. we'll chuck in a spoiler alert for the for the listener here. Listener, we are fully spoiler. Yeah. There isn't a point at which we start discussing spoilers and don't. We are spoiler from the start. So don't listen if you haven't seen About Time. Yeah, our podcast is generally, if you've seen this film mm. nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, some people listen to it and they haven't seen the film. I know that some people do that. Um, they might not be interested in ever watching the film; they're just interested in listening to us talk. In which case, about God bless you, people. We love you. God bless you. Yeah. So, Hugh, what did you know about it? What was the spoiler alert that you got? Well, it was essentially sort of how he's like. I mean, in retrospect, seeing the film now, I understand what they were on about, but I didn't quite quite grasp it it was something but vaguely from what they said was it was like about enjoying every moment essentially mm. and you know being able to just enjoy a day because you can go back in time so he can live that day again without having to worry about things and um so it's a, a yeah. thematic spoiler rather than a plot spoiler which i think is yeah, probably the better good. kind of spoiler isn't it yeah because it didn't ruin the actual they didn't they didn't illustrate the story beats mm. the plot points beat should I say whatever you want to call it they didn't give a spoiler of one of the things in this film that I'll talk about later yeah um, which was good stuff that happens basically yeah yeah Yeah. alright so I was I was pleased about that that's good that's good and obviously I'm a bit frustrated that you got to hear that but it's the best kind of spoiler uh, from my point of view Uh, and I think in in hindsight in hindsight now it didn't 
spoiler film for me. Good. That, that, is, you know, that is very I wasn't like, oh, yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of, it was when it happened in the film, I was like, oh, I get it now. It's also not yeah. indicative of what's necessarily going to happen, because that might mean great tragedy is going to happen, but to what any anyway. So I'll give a, a very little synopsis, a uh, brief synopsis of the film. Again, spoilerific. Oh, uh, hang on, just before you sure. give the synopsis. Sure. I want you to do this synopsis without using the word meet cute because you love using that word and I don't know what it is but you use it you use it too much so I want you to try and do it without okay. I want you to go this whole podcast without saying that word I will try which I know is going to be a challenge because I know it's going to be a challenge for you so Donald Gleeson has a, a meeting with uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway uh, basically Donald Gleeson plays a 21 year old man just turned 21 and he finds out from his father Bill Nye that the men in their family just seem to have this ability to go back in time you go into a cupboard or something similar you, you clench your fist and think about a time in your life and you go back to that time and you can change how how things turn out and um it he meets a very cute woman uh falls in love with her innocently you're that's your first warning <laughs> that, was too, that was too close um, You're on thin fucking ice now Blakely. <laughs> <laughs> and it essentially tracks his life with this, well, he's, you know, the next few years of his life with this ability um, to go back in time. Things happen and he wants to go back and change them. Uh, and fundamentally, it's really about his relationship with his father rather than it is his relationship with Rachel McAdams, who's the cutie that he meets um, in a very cute way. I will turn this car around. <laughs> so it's not, there's not an adventure plot where you've got this is the end goal. It's just this guy who really wants a girlfriend and a happy life, living a very privileged life, um, but a bit stressful in London and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm going to get straight into what I love about this film. I, I've I had um, a, a real warmth towards this film generally. I remember really liking it and I watched it this week and I absolutely loved it again uh, more than I expected to. Um, I see every single How flaw. long had it been, sorry, since you'd last seen it? Good question. Because it came out in 2013. It came out in 2013. I and. saw it not long after that. I might have even seen it in the cinemas, potentially, and a couple of times since. It's probably... You mean you don't remember if you saw it in the cinema? No. How do you not remember if you I went to see it? I just don't have very good episodic memory. I, I forget... I forget really basic things that have happened in my life. Really good at facts and trivia, but awful at uh, stuff that's happened. Um, so I might have seen it in the spinner. But do you wake it, up every morning and go, who's this child in my house? There's a videotape <laughs> and it tells me about my life and I have to go through it again. I've got tattoos on my body of uh, who I need to get revenge on. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, and like that famous Bollywood film, uh, Good Janine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like that famous Bollywood film that I've already forgotten the name of. So I've got a great love for this film, and really the fundamentally, and, and oh yeah, so it's probably in the last couple of years I saw it um, yeah. most recently. Okay. Why I love this film is uh, why I hate Lucy, right? Because <laughs> right, hang on. So you so you love this film. Because of your hatred of another film. What this film does well, Lucy fails at. And it's why I love this and it's why I hate Lucy. Uh, the film, if you're listening and you're called Lucy, I'm really sorry, I don't mean you. Um, it does mean you. He's on, he's on about... If you're called Lucy right now, he's specifically talking to you. If you, want more, if you want 40 more minutes of me talking about Lucy, go back to our episode, please don't watch this, number one. Uh, and you'll, you'll see. Basically, I think this is how you do silly sci-fi. Um, don't take yourself seriously and make the moral message the point of the film not the sci-fi mumbo jumbo um, starting point because Lucy had this nonsensical starting point 
and really lent into it, whereas this film has a nonsensical starting point and it breaks its rules so many times in so many inconsistent ways. But it's basically saying to the audience, I think, we're, we're using this as a mechanism to, to explore an idea. And I've mentioned before that, you know, whenever I try and think of a story idea or what, what I really love about stories is when they're essentially a metaphor for something or they're an exploration of a moral message. And usually I feel like a film should be, um, you know, here's a, here's a moral or ethical or philosophical uh, quandary this one character takes this point of view, this other character takes this, is, you know, this one uh, represents nihilism, this one represents something else. I think um, there was a film, maybe it was Big Lebowski or something, somebody represented passive nihilism, the other person represented active nihilism. I forget what it was. Oh, it's Palm Springs. Palm Springs, you know, they have two very different approaches to oh, yeah. their dilemma. She's very, yeah, she's very active, isn't she, where he's very passive. Yeah, and so generally yeah. I think I feel like a film should be built around that, and I feel like this film has, almost like Richard Curtis, uh, who wrote and directed it, has decided, um, I want to explore this idea, and this is the mechanism for doing that. And So what would you say the idea in this film is? It's really spelled out in the end, it's Donald Gleeson at the end, so again, spoiler alert, this is what you what you knew about the film was he's saying that the point is that you've got to live your life uh, moment by moment and just enjoy the good and the bad and, and all that sort of stuff really that it's it's um it's genuinely a film that sort of changed my outlook on life or sort of sort of changes it for a few days after I've seen it every time I see it and then I go back to my normal nihilism or whatever <laughs> and genuinely since I saw this film a few days ago there's been a couple of times when I've felt sad where I thought oh but remember that feeling you had after you watched that film try and make use of that here in fact I'll jump ahead I was literally looking at a scene on YouTube earlier and I looked at one of the comments and it nearly moved me to tears Ivan Ichianus Ichianus uh, a year ago um, said they were I mean, he doesn't sound like a man you want to be taking comments <laughs> off YouTube from. I mean, know. it's a jo- it's a joke I, name, Ivan So it's a joke yeah, name, no, but a very it. serious point. Uh, finally, got to watch this movie. I'm a few years late, but glad I watched it. The scene has motivated me to change up my life. I've been angry at how my life is right now lately. I've been a bit depressed and think about suicide from time to time. But man, after watching this movie, it has made me want to start living my life like I've lived the day twice and just enjoy every moment of it. And even if it seems trite, even if the film is flawed, even if you, Hugh, didn't like the film, I think the power of the film is that feeling that it gives to you and it makes you feel different afterwards. And for me, um, there's no more evidence than this than when the, the movie has a choice or the film has a choice between obeying its own rules that it set out very, very clearly or giving us catharsis. And to jump to the end of the film, the final scene where Donald Gleeson's Tim and his father, played by Bill Nye go back to when they were young kids and it completely goes against all the rules of the time travel uh, universe after he's had kids they go back and he's a kid again and it's his father and they go on, on the beach that I think is the film saying or Richard Curtis saying I care more about the meme of this film than the hard sci-fi the rules we've set up because that is completely secondary it's uh, definitely not um, primary is it Shane Carruth didn't have anything to do with this film yeah no. I think that's fair to say no definitely not I think Shane Carruth would have been you know spinning in his little metal box <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, back and forth if, back and forth if he'd, no. if he'd watched this if this film had come out before that film exactly and I think to jump to what you I think almost certainly won't like about the film is, is that 
aspect and I don't think it's because you're not sensitive enough to see the point of it I just think that you, that some of the criticisms you've made of films in the past have been about suspension of disbelief following rules and inconsistencies and I think they're so prominent in this film that it's basically the filmmakers taking a real gamble as to say if you're with us you'll love it if we don't meet your expectations we don't really win then you'll hate it and I think it's perfectly understandable if you don't like the film on that basis a secondary reason why you might not like it was I was re- uh, re-watching um, Alan Partridge this time you know the the BBC show he's had the kind of one show show he's had oh if you've watched that now yeah 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 uh, what's it called this oh, time is that what it's called this time oh, funnily it's enough this like time, about this, about it's a time. Bit, time it's a bit like the one show isn't it that it basically takes exactly it's, and, and um, he's talking to a Guardian journalist played by Matt Smith and he says that you know you're, you're one of those Guardian journalists who feels like you're relatable and can relate to the average person because you've got a three letter name like Dan um, you've got teenage sons and a, and a messy hallway <laughs> you know and I, all the way through this film <laughs> I found that I didn't really like the family in that sense of like oh mum's really eccentric for this reason and Kit Kat's this and I actually found myself irked by these people because these kind of people in real life can be so ghastly and so kind of unaware of their privilege and be like oh we're not rich we, we do have a, a beachside home in uh, Cornwall <laughs> but we're not, we're not rich you know daddy's, daddy's business that's so, and it irked me a little bit um, but I like the actors enough that I kind of kind of let them off I really didn't like Kit Kat at all I didn't like his sister at all really so, someone who, who She's, she would describe herself as quirky uh, we'll, we'll discuss it we'll feels discuss affect, affected my opinion. but well, anyway we'll discuss all your points I feel there's lots of stuff yeah. there I think on the balance of Anything probabilities else? I think on the balance of probabilities you'll like this film more than the book that rocked our previous Richard Curtis um, contribution well, <laughs> um, I mean, it's. I mean, I could. It's not hard to like other films other than Over the Boat That Rocks. I'm still mad at you for making me watch because you that. hate that but film. But, but I feel like you know you've got you know I feel like that was sort of like revenge for me making you watch Anonymous. I, Which did well, we watch first? I loved I loved the Boat That Rocks, so it wasn't really revenge. I didn't realize you were going to hate for it me, so it was. much. So I think there's a decent chance you'll take a real aversion to this film for the, maybe some of the reasons of the Boat That Rocked, but maybe. Maybe there's a beating heart in there, and it got through the cynicism, and it got through the jaded years of uh, uh, all that. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm genuinely in the dark. I think you probably didn't like it, but we'll let, we'll it's find out after the break. Join us after the break for Hughes Views. Well, I thought it was going to be Hughes Opinions. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. Part two of episode two of season two, Hugh's Views. Hugh, reluctantly I have to ask you, what did you like about About Time? So, uh, another Richard Curtis film after we said we did The Boat That Rocked. Um, you know, the epithescent Richard Curtis, I would call him. He's got a very <laughs> he's got a very unique style, I would say. You know, you know you know a Richard Curtis film. You know, hmm. he, he directed or he at least wrote um, you know, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill. Um, and Love I would say, actually. sorry, Love Actually, yeah. And I would very much mm. say, like, sort of, you know, if this film had been made 10 years previous, it definitely would have starred um, Hugh Grant. <laughs> Most definitely, yeah. yeah. Tim is very Hugh Grant esque, I must he's admit. He's channeling him in this one, isn't he? Yeah, he's that, uh, is it, what's what's it, the the lovable 
like clumsy. What's the what do they call that? What does what? They, oh, there's like a name for what the Hugh Grant's characters always get called in all these Richard Curtis films. The the mumbling t- yeah. bastard. Uh, yeah, I don't, no, know, I don't yeah, know what you, you call know, them. The, the sort of yeah, sort of socially awkward, sort of clumsy, sort of yeah. Um, you know, maybe a little bit insecure, a little bit, a little bit. Um, Oh, second guessing themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're asking out a girl, it's a thousand words rather than do you want to go for a date? Uh, well, but yeah, I, I would just like to, uh, you know, ask you to mm-hmm. uh, go on a date with me. Can I have your number? <laughs> yeah, it's that very much. Uh, yeah, he's very much in that Richard Curtis wheelhouse. You know, it's a it's an yeah. archetype that's very recognisable. I that. should put on record that I don't really like those films. Ford I really the, don't the, the, like. They're all very good. Notting Hill actually. or <laughs> not actually that much. Like they, they kind of irk me, basically. I um, think they were very prominent in that kind of period when we were growing up. I guess like Four Weddings yeah. and a Funeral was a ridiculous smash hit. Let's be honest, it really was. Yeah, um, and it is. And even though it's got Andy McDowell in it, it is a good film. She's anathema to a rom com, isn't, isn't she? Isn't she Christ? just? Gee, she's like a charisma vacuum, isn't she? <laughs> you know, and I, I, how bit like I, I still to this day I wonder why Bill Murray worked with her. <laughs> of all the girls in that town, that ca- <laughs> Phil, what was his name? Phil. Uh... Phil Connors. Phil Connors. Connors, yeah. Phil Connors? That's who he went with. I mean, she's good looking enough, I suppose, but there's a you know, well, big no, enough town. For me, that's the problem is Andy McDowell, to her credit, she is a very, or she was back then, and I'm sure she still is, she's a very good looking person. And they, they say, they tend to say that, you know, people of the same attractiveness level tend to yeah. end up together. And well, I felt, like Bill Murray and <laughs> Andy McDowell. <laughs> yeah, and in that case, that's just kind of, it's off, isn't it? It's, yeah. It doesn't quite work. Uh, and there's almost a little bit of this in this film, actually, when he's, um, what's she called? Is Margot Robbie's character. I mean, there's very few men who... Uh, Charlotte. Uh, no, yeah, would have Charlotte. a choice between Margot Robbie and Rachel McAdams. And yes. Goes, yeah, they probably earned it. They're probably, uh, you know, handsome enough. <laughs> Donald Gleeson isn't one of those men, to be fair. No, and the, so it, I did f- struggle a little bit to buy that she mm. would be interested in Tim. Um, uh, uh, they, they often say writers put themselves as the protagonist. <laughs> so maybe that was yeah, in his mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll go through what I liked. Um, yeah. But I d- to be fair, I did really like Donald Gleeson in this film. He is. Mm. He, I, I do, I do, I do get concerned, and this was one of my maybe negatives. Is like, how does this man tie his shoelaces in the morning? It's clearly <laughs> fucking Velcro. He was very ineffectual, but at the same time, when he shakes the girl's hand, <laughs> the, and that's maybe in the first six or seven minutes of the film. So, mm. like the revelation that he can travel through time comes very quickly, and it's yeah. a very key scene at the very beginning of the film. And yeah, he's like, and she's clearly into him, and he's like, "Oh, happy New Year!" and shakes her hand, and then you know they show him in the morning. He's got the instant regret, <laughs> yeah. um, and that made me laugh. That you know he uh, oh, shook her hand, and you know um, <laughs> one of our favourite critics, Mark Comer, talks about the six laughs test, and mm. this passed the six laughs test for me. Oh, so I did, good. I did yeah. find bits of it funny. Like that was really funny. I really, I really liked um, Tom Holland's character Harry. <laughs> Tom Hollander. He, sorry, Tom Hollander. I've put Tom Hollander. <laughs> very, different, very different actor. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that there's a Tom Holland, a Tom Hollander, suggests <laughs> the fact that there may be a Tom Hollandist. 
<laughs> just, just like the outlet. You know, Tom Holland Yeah. Is that yours? Did you steal that from someone? I took that, that from some. I took it from, oh, I took I it from a meme, sadly. I wish it was mine. It was clever. It was clever. It's too clever for me. I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I wish good. I had that sort of yeah. imagination. But yeah, he was oh, yeah. brilliant in it, in the little scenes that he was in from time to time when he's. And he always he plays angry so well. He's so yeah. funny. Like he, has he little, only plays angry, but he does it very well. Yeah, as far as I've seen, he's brilliant in that little cameo he makes in the thick of it, where he's like, mm. "It's the economy, stew pot." Yeah. So I liked. I liked. And so to let's get to the crux of it. You said I might not like this because. I tend to get hung up sometimes on the little minutiae of like um, technical details within a consistencies, uh, like a quiet place, for example. That was a big, yes. a big theme of was our that. Was that one of, of the films review. that really irked me? I was trying yeah. to think of films that we'd watched and that that really got under my skin. I think that was the key one that was kind of like you just couldn't enjoy it because it was so un- unbelievable. It was so inconsistent. It's in- and inconsistent. It's, I always it's the inconsistencies. Incons- it's, it? Yeah, it's inconsistencies that I don't like. Because you go, well, Star Wars isn't very believable, but at least it's... I mean, even that isn't consistent, but if it yeah. was, let's say, for argument's sake, it was, you know, that, yeah. Yeah, it's like certain sci-fi shows always, they will, they'll put sound in outer space. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We all yeah. know that that's not how it works, but yeah. because because it's because they're consistent with it throughout yeah. its own thing. And you're right, there is a bit in this film where they clearly break their own con- their own oh. like rules. Lots and lots of times, yeah. 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 And, and most problems could be solved with him just going back again. Yeah. You know, uh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't annoy me, actually, at oh, all. Good. Because because I knew that that wasn't what this film was about. If this film made out... Like, if it was Primer, then yeah, of course I'd be annoyed. <laughs> but because it's a film that isn't really about time travel. It's about, like you said, it's about... Uh, what did you say it was about? Oh, it was about enjoying the moment, wasn't it? And it was yeah. about family, and it was about love, and it was about, um, you know, righting little wrongs and things like that. And, you know, you, can ver- you very, very much felt it was Richard Curtis... Almost, it was almost a cathartic process for him making this film because it was like, oh, like we've all been there, and I've done it a million. T- I've done it more times than I care to care to admit to. But you know, when you say the wrong thing, or you do something stupid, mm. or you do something that upsets people, and you think, oh, if only I could go back and change that, or you embarrass yourself, or whatever. And yeah, they um, like there's a great, you know, it's you were saying about in that. Uh, that book about Save the Cat where it says the, the protagonist plays with the powers and or the ability oh the fun just, and games yeah fun yeah. games yeah and there's a bit in this where obviously he goes to put the um, <laughs> he goes to put the sun cream on Charlotte and he's very enthusiastic <laughs> and then the next time round when he realises because he gets it all over and yeah. like I think I still think he could have saved it from there he kind of just shits himself and runs away <laughs> exactly you yeah. could be like well I've made a right mess here I'll have to yeah, clean this yeah. up I'll have to wipe you down oh, oh this is a first I promise you know that yeah. sort of stuff let me just strangle you <laughs> but I do like that he just like just a moment. Let me finish this page. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, and he licks his finger as well. Mm-hmm. Does he lick his finger? Up, does, he, does he lick the finger? Because he, he turns the page really methodic, and he yeah. should, you know. And you see her kind of going, oh, okay, oh, oh, yeah. I am sexually attracted to this uh, gawky ginger yeah. man. Yeah, I love that, that line. Even though I am Margot Robbie, for fuck's yeah. sake. I like that line where um, his dad goes, "The first openly ginger British player." <laughs> yeah. That was quite funny. And I think I, and, he's the highlight of the film for me. Don't and lie. he's very uh, self-deprecating, isn't he, about yeah. about himself, where he's like, I'm a little bit 
too skinny and a little bit too ginger or whatever yeah. he says. You know, very, uh, very droll. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so like none of that really bothered me in the slightest because I knew that's, like, we discussed it last week. That, the film's not about that. It's, it's it's about the themes of the film. It's about, yeah. you know, this is a character who's very much, he cares about love rather than money. You know, yeah. if he, he, like he talks, he's talking to his dad about going, you know, oh, I could be rich. And he's like, oh, have you ever met, I've never met somebody who's rich, who's truly happy. You know, you just got to find something you want to do. Except um, from his beachfront house in Cornwall. Yeah, with, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah with after 20 rooms. Who retired at 50 and all this. <laughs> yeah. and, but then at the same time, you sit there going, yeah, but you could just play the lottery once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he compl- and he complains about money at one point. That really, that was the, probably the only bit in this film that genuinely annoyed me. And he's like, you're a fucking solicitor. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. oh, the- I know you're a junior solicitor, but... You know, that must you're, be hard. You're on track. You know, that thirty-five grand a year. You know, and you have control over time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can literally go out and change the verdicts of your cases. Probably if you try. <laughs> um, yeah. So I really liked Donald Gleeson. Uh, Rachel McAdams was fine. She was kind of. I think the one criticism. I do have some criticisms of this film, but they're and they're not like they're not earth-shattering. They weren't. They weren't like game changers or anything like that for me I, you know to I did enjoy this film and I would say the thing that it, and the only thing it tries to do is be like life affirming doesn't it like you said yeah. you have that outlook on life you know the sun's a bit shines a bit shinier and you know the clouds are a bit whiter for a few days I imagine and you know it's yeah. to and maybe it didn't quite grab me the way I wanted it to but I think that's more my fault because I knew it was going to be quite schmaltzy and I was kind of prepared for that because I knew from what you had said before about it and the way and just the poster and I knew it was a Richard Curtis film yeah but the mistake I made was the night before so last night I watched um, Forrest Gump again <laughs> right. Forrest Gump's one of those <laughs> films for me that really is like it just gets me every time I was in beats mm. watching that last night ah uh, you were spent I was I was emotionally like I think all my schmaltz had been spent up on watching Forrest yeah. Gump <laughs> uh, and the only reason I watch Forrest Gump because I think on Netflix at the moment they've got um, season two of the films that made us so I watched oh, the documentary right. on yeah. that the day before or the, that I watched a bit the day before and then I finished off watching it and I was just like oh, I've got to watch this film now <laughs> so yeah I was a bit worried because I was going to watch About Time uh, I watched it today as we were recording I was going to watch it last night but I knew after so Forrest you, Gump you, you I blew your entire wad yeah, uh, on Forrest Gump yeah um, did you have an emotional reaction to About Time uh, yeah was yeah. there enough left like, in the tank yeah oh yeah there was uh, you know I, I gave myself some time to re to, to, to <laughs> you drank uh, plenty of milk and <laughs> yeah, yeah lots of fluids yeah <laughs> um, yeah like little bits got me like when he proposes to her that was nice mm. um, when he has the baby for the first time that's quite you know I think I think for me the, the sort of the issue with this film is it's it's about half an hour too long mm. they, they, there's they try and they add I mean his dad says oh you can't go back and uh, change anything you know you can't kill Hitler or fuck Helen of Troy but then <laughs> he can go back and change things and he literally does change lots of things during this film I think he's just saying beyond your lifetime and beyond your experiences yeah, yeah but you know it's like if if and then you do start getting into this, well, you know, could he have stopped, like, certain 
awful. Nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> for like example. awful events like the, you know, like the seven seven bombings or something like that. Yeah. His dad's clearly got the power to change actual real world events. You know? So, and I think uh, what I mean. This is all music to my ears, by the way. This is this is really wonderful to know that you weren't hung up on that sort of stuff because no. ultimately the film isn't about that. And no, it's not. You just you know, have to accept whatever. it, don't you? It's a family it, rom-com thing. There is know. a bit of a MacGuffin that, oh, actually, you can't go back and and um, if you change one thing before your children are born, then yeah. what does it, what's the line he says? It's something like, oh, it's like you change something and then it's a different sperm gets into the egg or yeah, something. Yeah, that one sperm had to hit that egg at that precise moment. Yeah. Uh, even though he does go back a couple of times uh, after, from before his children were born. You know? Yeah. That's a really, uh, for me, that was quite a haunting image. Obviously, I watched this before I had a child. When he picks up the child and it's not his. Yeah. I thought that was quite a spooky and he has a really moment, negative reaction yeah. to it, doesn't he? Yeah. Like this. And, yeah and, and when they do go back, him and Kit Kat, and then they come forward... There was a bit of a, um, I did, I did kind of make a bit of a, I was like, oh, well, if they, they she says something, is, it, is he called Jay, the friend? Jay, yeah. She's like, she kind of realises that she, she knows in her head that she's in a relationship with Jay. Yeah. When she comes out the cupboard. But he doesn't. But he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't know that he's now got a son rather than a daughter. He would, you think he would know exactly. that Exactly, he would love that child. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, and also... So it's just like you say, it's maybe, I mean, I don't know if MacGuffin's the right word because that's more the thing they're exploring, but it's certainly some manufactured obstacle, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That isn't consistently adhered to throughout the rest of the film. Yeah, and when he then obviously realises this, he's... That it was the only bit in the film where they tried to add in some real jeopardy into the film mm. and they solved it in like 10 minutes. Well, the the true consequence of that, obviously, is that when his father dies, he dies for real, yeah, yeah. you know. I also could not, as somebody with, who had one child then immediately got a vasectomy, could not relate to a man who's got two kids and his wife saying, oh, should we have a third one? And he goes, I've got a choice for having a third kid or basically killing my dad forever. Do you yeah, know what, love? Can we have two? Can we just well. have two? Yeah, <laughs> like, I would really need a third? Because literally, I can't explain why, but it will mean I lose my dad forever. I, I, I couldn't relate to that. No, I'm I'm the same. I was other kinda... than apart from maybe it fits the moral message of you've got to move on. Yeah, which wasn't a match. I don't think that was a big theme of the of the of the film really. I think, maybe I think... not the move on, but certainly the accept the inevitable. accept the tragedies in life and the inevitabilities and the the shit yeah. of it. I mean, it's interesting that he chooses to save his daughter over stopping his sister being in the car accident. That's I found that interesting. That was great, I thought. There's two moments where it almost became dark, I suppose. He made that decision. Yeah. And actually slightly more flippantly, but certainly when I watched this scene on YouTube, every comment was about, he could have had sex with Margot Robbie and then gone back, so it never happened, and gone and married Rachel McAdams. Um, And he made two big decisions there that that actually could be quite dark, couldn't they? You You could deeply not forgive him. For those. Yeah, I mean, personally, as as just a film, like, I'm in two camps, I'm in two minds about that, is because at the time I thought, oh, they're going to go with, he's going to cheat on his girlfriend, yeah. and then he's going to regret it, so he's going to stop himself, and that's quite a nice little plot through line, you know, to go on, but then obviously he realises at that moment when he could sleep with Charlotte that actually he does love um, 
Mary yeah. and that he wants to marry Mary and then and it works for this film but I would have liked to have seen him because he's he's a very he's a very honest person isn't he he's a very um he's got a very good moral compass and he's very yeah. you know he's very earnest and all this you know he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a mary sue maybe even you might say he's not he's not really flo- he's no there's no flaws to him is there apart from that dark decision of well fuck it she's going to be in the car crash and yeah. we're going to find another way to solve that but i suppose you know? at the same time he's like and but it's not. But it's like the lesser of two evils, almost, isn't it? Yeah. That, at yeah. that point, because but it's like, certainly a dark decision where he's at the hospital and you know he's there yeah. by choice, basically. Yeah, and you could also go. Well, can't he cheat? He just go back before, just like the just day before after the, the car kid, crash. <laughs> the the <laughs> yeah. kid just you know just after the kid's born or something. Mm. That because that's like and a again, it's this film minutes. saying it's not about the logistics yeah. of the thing, and it, you know. It all sort of falls apart when we get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, and um, so yeah, so so, uh, the, 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 so yeah, they they kind of messed that up, and yeah, I said, like I said, um, the Kit Kat slash j- child jeopardy is resolved in about five minutes, and that could have been a real sort of through line for like the rest of the film because mm. the one criticism or one of the criticisms I do have this film is I expected it just to be a rom-com sort of thing you know like I said a saccharine sort of um, life affirming rom-com you know by the looks of things and by from what I'd seen of it and and then it's kind of a rom-com for like the first half of the film because the, again this character you know he goes to see Charlotte and he's like and she's like, you know, when he goes to see her on the last night, and she's, and um, and her sister, and she says, "Oh, you," she says, "You can ask me anything as long as it's not about love." Yeah. <laughs> the sister warned me, and it's like, and she's like, "So is it anything else? Is it how to improve your tennis game?" And he's like, "No, it's about love." Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I did. I quite like that they threw that in of, he can't cheat it to to get her. Yes, know, yeah. Oh, come come back to me on the last night. I would have liked to see him try, actually, a bit, you know, sort of almost, um, you know, Palm Spring slash. Look, if it um, was if it was me or you, we would have gone through every single day of that of her two months day. Let's, be, you know, yeah. I mean, every hour of every day. I mean, he's clearly it. very interested in, you know, he's clearly somebody who's interested in sex. You know, the, there's a great scene that shows how interested he is. I quite, I, I quite liked that scene. I thought that was um, that was fun. I thought it was quite clever that he was. Because that was definitely something you would do. <laughs> yeah. But I'll yeah. have under second go. And, yeah, uh, and a third go. <laughs> why not? Yeah. He's not quite happy enough with the, with yeah, the second, second go. Yeah, I like the fact that they, they, they get, they're like next to each other awkwardly and then and then it changes to them like being sprawled out on the bed and then they're sprawled out on the floor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so... I, I, nothing against Rachel McAdams' character in this. She's fine. She, she's... They, they have enough chemistry, you know, when he's taking the mickey out of her for reading. And she's mm. like, when you go to a restaurant, you know, you're like, I won't read this menu unless I'm being paid. <laughs> you know, I liked all that stuff. Um, I did like his sister. I thought I liked, she was very much the, um, the mag- you know, the magic pixie girl, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Character. Manic pixie, pixie Manic pixie, sorry, manic pixie dream girl character. Yeah. And, you know, they're from a nice solidly middle class family those families tend to have those kind of people in them I've just always found those people to be very annoying in real life because they're so conceitedly all about how quirky and different they are yeah it's never about you (laughs) but they're also impossible like sort of 
they're almost impossible to live up to though aren't they do you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. They, you can't no one can actually no one's actually like that in real life um, you know and I like the fact that like and I like that her character actually had some sort of depth to it as well like she is mm. like oh well maybe I'm just the one that falls you know I'm the one that doesn't yeah she could life. be perfect couldn't she but actually she's yeah. a fuck up yeah, yeah, she, do, yeah that does yeah. add that element yeah she could have been like oh I do this and I'm very artsy so I get paid lots of money to do art or something yeah but, it's, <laughs> just but actually it's thing. like oh what's going on with your job oh I got sacked you know, I lost yeah. my job again. Yeah. Oh, how long have you been in Cornwall? And it's like, oh, a few weeks. And it's very slowly suggests that her life isn't, she's not happy. And but, he wants to, he wants to save everyone. Yeah, she's but, kind of, she's kind of symbolic of the rest of the world. Yeah. That he would want to save with his power. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they resolve that a little bit too quickly. I thought, I felt it's too, it's resolved too neatly and too perfectly. And it's then, one scene, time lapse scene, whether in the hospital, yeah. she goes, "Oh, and she's I like, oh, I'm going to sort my life out. You know, I'm going to stop drinking Done. as much. I'm gonna <laughs> get rid of this boyfriend. I'm going to get a job." And they're like, "Cool, finish." I'm going to solve years of deep seated psychological issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm going <laughs> to drink as you. much. And, yeah. yeah, I found that I, I, that was a bit jarring. Um, was it a little bit nice guy? Where it was like. Huh. she needs to stop going after all these awful bad guys and go with the nice guy, Jay. You know, <laughs> a little yeah, bit. A little, a little bit, bit that. It was a yeah. little bit that, wasn't it? And, yeah, it was... But I, I didn't, like, I, unlike you, I didn't hate it. And it was interesting, actually, what you said about... What, so what did you say again, specifically, about, like, the, the family? You found it a bit, like... <sighs> Do you find him a bit contemptible? <laughs> that's a, a little bit, or I don't, just a bit. I don't know if conceited or oblivious, or because obviously being rich doesn't mean you're a bad person. But if you're that level of privileged, where you're not in a palace, but you don't seem to realise that you have lots more money than anyone else, because they'll consider themselves not privileged because they don't have a hundred grand in the bank but they do I, I don't I, it, it's just it's probably the deep-seated bitter resentful working class person in me <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, and it really is that I just there's I something see, about that I did find Waitrose it a, thing yeah 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 <laughs> like I did find it them a bit they're a bit stuffy aren't they you know what I mean the the the, the, the big problem for me is I actually often like a lot of people like that or I've been to lots of people's houses that are like that and I actually it's it's definitely a deep-seated psychological issue with me <laughs> rather than the film yeah because I do find myself wanting that life I think right I see yeah yeah um yeah so with Richard Curtis films because it's always usually about like middle to upper middle class people yeah I tend to think um it's like a almost like you're watching like an anthropological study or something. Here's the native <laughs> middle class Englishman in his native environment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, know, in, the, in the nice library in the, the the big house in Cornwall, and yeah, yeah, it's like this. It was very much like this little idyll of England. I felt in this film. It is, and uh, if you come from it with a bitter point of view like me, it can irk you. But if you just come from it either uh, somebody from abroad or sympathetic you find it probably charming 
Yeah, I, I do. I do have a bit of weird, a weird psychological relationship with that thing where it probably is ultimately what I'd like to be, <laughs> but maybe because I'm not there. You're jealous of it, so you're the you're obstacles angry at and it, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think that's almost something. But you know, this is please watch this, not please analyze this. Yeah, that's our psychology podcast. So yeah, that's um, basically. The criticisms of this film are quite minor, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's a good film. I, I'll be honest, I, I expected it to be a, actually a bit more saccharine and a bit more maybe life-affirming, but I think it, it did a good job. I can see why you like it, because I know you're kind of... You very much like this genre of film. Um, you've always enjoyed it, so... Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad I watched it. It's, very, it's a very good, like, date movie, I would call it. <laughs> it really is, yeah. And it is such a nice thing to hear this because genuinely the closer and closer we got to recording and discussing it the more Mm. I was convinced that you hated this film you couldn't stand it you hated everyone involved and all that and it is genuinely really lovely to hear that you had a positive response to it let's get into the specifics then Uh, obviously we talked about what we generally liked and, and didn't like favorite scene Hugh what was the scene that really did it for you um I feel like I'm going to steal yours if I say mine. Uh, I don't fact, think you will. I don't think you will. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. It, it's probably, for this film, it's probably, it's the low-hanging fruit, but it is the trip to the beach with his dad, isn't it, at the end? it's, it's yeah. It was the one where, that is the kind of the, you know, you know, he gets a second chance, but it's a last chance as well. Oh, and, you, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's very... Uh, very effective, isn't it? Very effective, affecting as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is, was that yours? I thought that might be. It, yours. I sort of cheated and put that as my favourite shot, so I could squeeze uh, in another scene. Nice. And, and like the headline for my favourite scene is any conversation between Tim and his father. Um, but <laughs> if I had to be really specific, there's something. Uh, there was a scene that uh, made me start crying, and then I was basically on the edge of fully in tears uh, from there till the end of the film. The best man speech that Bill N- Bill Nye delivers. Oh yeah, and because I looked the first or the second. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Yeah, the second, the uh, the good one, and I, this is uh, I can't even remember what the film was. Somebody, an actor, was talking about a film they did with one of those dames who are really well known, and they said that they did three or four takes, and every single take, everybody was crying when she gave some speech. Uh, and great actors can do this. What I did was I looked for the script and looked for what did he actually say on the page. This is not at this is not outstanding or impressive writing or anything like that at all. So I'm going to very quickly read out what it says. But somehow Bill Nighy. <laughs> well, this was it. it it's not my favourite line at all. It's just okay. it really showed how great it's Bill Nighy is. Basically, Nighy's. like essentially, you're just impressed by Bill Nighy, the world famous actors acting. Yes. Exactly. I mean, um, that's their job, isn't it, to bring the text, if it, even if it's not the most. It, it doesn't. It doesn't shine from life. the page. It, so the, the lines go. I'd only give one piece of advice to anyone marrying. We're all quite similar in the end. We all get old and tell the same tales too many times. But try and marry someone kind, and this is a kind man with a good heart. I'm not particularly proud of many things in my life, but I'm very proud to be the father of my son. On the page, that's like first draft, like quite generic and bland but he just mm. every line is so infused with something see I don't actually think the writing in this film's. I think it's quite good actually like, mm. I know Richard Curtis don't get me is, wrong no, no no I think it's a really well written film I just meant that paragraph it oh, doesn't right, seem okay. startling but 
But in generally, he, he does I mean, it so just, well. Oh yeah, it's, a, it's I, th- I think it's a good line, and yeah, it's delivered with a plum, isn't it? By yeah, uh, you know, with that that, that emotion. by the science guy. I mean, you you, you very much feel. <laughs> I think that <laughs> sorry, that's caught me now. <laughs> but yeah, why, how did Bill Nye get in this? <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's busy dating women twenty years younger than. Um, <laughs> Fair play to him. He, he's um, Bill Nye. He's, yeah, he's he's very good in that bit. But yeah, I mean, Rich Curtis is famous for writing as well, isn't he? He's he's famous for writing. And he's, I think he's famous. I also like think for Blackadder, knowing who he's writing for, you know, he knows Rowan Atkinson better than almost any writer, and knows what is going to sound funny from Rowan Atkinson's point of view. Yeah. And I think probably, and I know you don't, I know you hate um, the about the rocks, but Bill and I make some great speeches. These are speeches that are made for Bill and I to deliver. It's amazing that these two films are written and directed by the same person. Guessing <laughs> the about that rocks mustn't have been written by him. I think it was, you know. But he, he didn't write it, did he? Jesus, how can someone have such, like? You know, variance in quality. It's so interesting because I, 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 I don't think they're that far apart. It's so interesting how they far are. we differ on that. Country <laughs> fucking mile apart. But uh, um, yeah, bit no, best, my favourite yeah, scene. He did write the boat that rocks. Yeah, Jesus, them, yeah. I think the boat that rocks more of a out and out comedy. Than yeah, about time, which is more of a rom com, if that makes sense. I guess that's that's sort of more subjective and open God. to. Yeah, I feel like Seymour Hoffman was in the book that rocked. Let's get into lines then. Let's get into lines. What's your favourite line? Um, oh, I had one other scene that I really liked. Ooh, and this it. was do originally tell. my first. This this is the one that I was, as I was writing my notes, I was watching the film. Uh, just because it's quite funny. I just like the bit when he tells the band to leave. <laughs> that is great. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you did this a private thing, not too many people around. <laughs> Yeah, it's that bit's really funny because you're not expecting it to actually be a band. <laughs> yeah. And you just think it's like some, uh, the radio. Or, a nice radio. You know, a CD or something he's put on, or, mm. uh, you know, Spotify, but... It's a good choice. Yeah, he's, uh, he tells them to leave. <laughs> just, Rory's there with the champagne as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Lines then, favourite line? Um, I must admit, this film probably wasn't littered with a million great lines maybe it's something that lets it down perhaps um, but one I did like was when he answers the when uh, Harry answers the door to and he just shouts what the fuck do you want <laughs> and then he goes on to explain that he'd had the first good idea that he'd had in 10 <laughs> Decade, years yeah. Yeah. you little shit <laughs> yeah and he's really awful to him and then just that whole scene where he's explaining about his dad and his mum and his and his wife and then his daughter and all that. <laughs> I'm surprised the daughter wasn't in it, actually. I thought that would have been... Yeah, I, th- yeah, I thought yeah. they were introducing her. A little foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> My um, favourite line, actually, was a Harry line. Um, oh, yeah. It was the one... I think I must have seen this in the, in the cinema because I remember uh, absolutely creasing at this one where... The, <laughs> Just so they did see it in the cinema. No one I saw it in the cinema. Who gives a shit? Uh, they're at the they're um, welcoming the child, uh, whatever you call that, a baby shower after the baby's born, a baby wake, and um, Rory, Rory's, Rory's got that massive, massive teddy bear, and he says, "Only one, one important thing for a godfather, I'm told: never bring a present that's smaller than a child." And it's not so much the line as the cut cut to yeah. like pan to Harry the holding pan, the teddy yeah. bear. Oh, shut up, you smug bastard! <laughs> yeah. I, I also I, the other line I did like in this film 
and I've and I mentioned it earlier is where he goes. You can't kill Hitler or shag Helen of Troy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that's where he goes. He goes. Hey, <laughs> Those are the two. Shag Helen of Troy. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two. Yeah. Yeah. As a historian, who would you shag? Helen of Troy. Too wrong. <laughs> not Cleopatra. And one of uh, what? Not not Cleopatra. Yeah, yeah, Cleopatra as well. Yeah. <laughs> well. You can go uh, back in time, you know, might as well. Uh, who else? Eleanor of Aquitaine. She seemed a bit of all right at oh, the yeah. time. Wasn't she 12? Uh, not, you wouldn't shag when she was 12, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's, unless that's your thing, then we need to have a deep, long conversation. <laughs> um, and you need to change jobs. Um, Absolutely. What else? Who else would you do? Um, yeah, you should Cleopatra, <laughs> Helen of Troy. Uh, Helen of... Mirren at any point from now <laughs> to the 60s. <laughs> Just, I mean, Helen Mirren generally. Yeah. Um, I think I could do that now. Uh, what's what's uh, one of the... Uh, one of Augustus's daughters, which one is Olivia? <laughs> she was... Oh, and the this is taking a turn, Empress... Uh, Theodora, who famously said something along the lines of, um, it's a shame God only gave me three holes or something like that. <laughs> do you know, I was later going to ask you, what would you do with Tim's power? Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> shag You'd shag people <laughs> any time between 1989 and now, I suppose, and 1988 and now. Well, Although I mean, it'd be hard to... One, yeah. Yeah. Let's say, let's yeah. say uh, for decency's sake, 2000 2005. And... <laughs> yeah, 2005, yeah. Yeah, I would try to shag anything that walked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to do that since 2005. <laughs> so no nothing, changed, nothing changes. I'd probably just have a bit more money because I'd win the lottery <laughs> you know yeah it's fair um, yeah. before we get to that though favourite shot favourite shot I really like the one when they're at the wedding and Harry's just walking kind of towards the camera in like <laughs> slow-mo and it's just it's like a really cinematic shot for a, a film that generally doesn't have that many cinematic shots <laughs> that's good good interesting choice uh, I think I mentioned already film. you know my favourite was uh, Tim and his dad on the, on the beach I'll go for a second one when he picks up his uh, little alien baby his little yeah. uh, imposter baby I, I thought yeah. it was really like quite an alarming shot the way they did yeah. it yeah I never thought they would actually go that far back in the in the film to be fair mm. to um, to show stuff like that because it would be like because obviously one thing they would have the memory of what had happened but not the memories of clearly not the memories of what did happen yeah so they'd be living a lie basically it does set up an interesting paradox that they yeah. just don't deal with for, for obvious reasons. Um, so the question I want to ask you, but more importantly, listener, I want to ask you, hmm. if you had Tim's power, you can transport to any time in your life and, and do things again, um, what would you do with it? I mean, so if you I kind of, you know, what would personally, you do Personally, I would have shagged Margot Robbie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not if that, you were Donald Gleeson, I mean, you. No, were, I, oh, still, I mean, you'd have shagged Margot Robbie somehow. Yeah, I'd have just tried to shag Margot Robbie, yeah. yeah. No, um, I mean, that's literally the question there, isn't it? Would What would you have done in that scenario? I think yeah. if it was me, I would have done the opposite to what he did. I definitely would have gone in with her and then felt guilty about it and then... For the rest of your life, but still have shagged real Margot Robbie. Yeah, I but mean, again, to be honest, but, you know. I was I was looking at the beginning of that film, and I was like, I didn't realize it was because I didn't I hadn't looked up the cast list at that point. I just kind of knew, you know, Donald Gleeson, Rachel McAdams, and I recognized, mm. you know, Bill Nye and um, his uh, the mum in it. What's what's it? What's her name? Something. I can't Duncan. remember. Yeah, I can't um, remember. And you know, I'd, I'd seen her in other things. Basically, uh, she is called because this is going to annoy me now. Ah, yeah, Lindsay Duncan. That's it. Mm. 
And um, yeah, I think I would have done the opposite of what he does in this film. But I think, and part of me actually thinks, well, maybe if he had gone in and slept with her and then he regrets it, that would have been more like, actually, no, I do love Rachel McAdams' character. You know, he could have been. Like, so what you wanted was a scene of full penetration again. Uh, this is a common theme. In your, this is what I would change about this film. Yeah, but do you understand like how it could like him saying no is good for the film, but if he had said yes and then it made him actually realise how much he loved her, I think that might have been more effective. He got there without deep pantsing, oh. which I thought credit. Just to before him. you answered this question, what you would have done? Hmm. You know the uncle in this. Yeah, is. Like, I was expecting some sort of... He gets... Like, he does get some nice lines, but I was expecting some really profound, like, speech from him <laughs> about time travel at some point. And, yeah. Like, all the things he had done. And the reason he's so, like... You know, he... Like, almost like he's done it too much, so he's he never... He kept going back to the 60s and just... <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. there's... It never really explains why he's, like, not always kind of present. Or is that mm. just the fact that you know that he's... He doesn't really see the world through normal people's eyes because he's so... He's so, um, he knows he doesn't have to live that moment so he can he's say a, what he wants. He's a peculiar addition from a from a screenwriting point of view. Why do you include him in the film? What's yeah, because he he he's just like window dressing, isn't he, essentially? Yeah. He's there to show how quirky this family how is. How eccentric they are. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's sort of... But he's a man in the family, I presume he's the dad's brother. He is, isn't he? Yeah, he's the dad's brother, yeah. 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 yeah they could have made something of that, couldn't they? Yeah, I think it's a really strange addition. Maybe maybe an early draft had it and they just liked the character so much they kept it. Yeah, I mean, with any time travel film, there's always loads of questions you can ask. Like, he told the sister what he could do and, you know, at no point, like, does the sister try and get him to, like, take her back in time to fix something else, which would have yeah. been yeah. something she might have done because he said that he'd never told the wife, his mum, you know, he'd, um, Bill Nye he's never told his mum in his wife that she, he could go through time yeah interesting interesting it is and I, I I often do this I ask hypothetical questions and I don't give a moment's thought to, to my answer to them I, I genuinely don't know I mean for me obviously I can't go before 2017 because that's when my daughter was born oh yeah because you got to play by the got to play by the rules well technically rules. you can go before then you just have to just be extremely careful or for a few minutes on a beach apparently and and I just like the hand waving of well the butterfly effect doesn't really work it doesn't really have an effect so far it's fine <laughs> you know but except in this one case where we need to cause some permanence yeah um what do you do dead air is bad air Sam it is bad air and I genuinely don't have a good answer for you here I mean I would make maybe next week I would make money I would just make money and just make some dollar dollar maybe I'd get really good at something um well this is it in a a chronologically short amount of time yeah I thought about this as like he said he'd gone back and read all these great books and things yeah I'd, yeah, I I'd watch films. I'd finally become a film buff, the kind of people <laughs> who watch four films a day somehow, and presumably hold down a job or do. You could get you could get really good at like certain sports, couldn't you? Because you could go training twice. Yeah. yeah. Why not thrice? Um, also, and, and do you get tired? Do you just get progressively yeah, more tired? Yeah. The sex thing was like, how- oh, is he is is that version of him completely spent now? Because she says, oh, what only once. And he's like, well, that's yeah. not entirely fair. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if we are going to overthink this film too much, there, the one of the first things I did notice when he get told he can travel through time is he doesn't. At no point in that party is he in a cupboard, but he mm. walks out of the cupboard. So mm. there would theoretically be 
two of him because there'd be one at the party already and then there'd be the one in the cupboard. Which is always a problem with old time travel films. And as always, it's a shame you haven't seen the great film Project Almanac. Right, okay. Which is the worst uh, time travel film ever in terms of following its own rules and stuff. That's really? one of those where you can't in, you can't encounter yourself or Ouch. time and space will yeah, eat like itself. If, yeah, like if it showed him sort of um, going back in time and then he just, like, his consciousness is just in his body. Right? <laughs> but not in the, it's not his physical body, he's not in the cupboard. That would have been better. It would have made more just sense. More CGI. Yeah. Uh, budget. Um, no, yeah, and again... He just, he just not, opens his eyes and he's at the party. But again, not, it's not... Not worth overthinking, is it? Yeah. No. But the question for you, listener, is what would you do, you do, with Tim's... What would you do? Yes, what would you do? you do with Tim's power? If they want to get in touch with us and tell us that, Hugh... They can uh, wait to the end for an, an elaborate email address. Keep on listening. We're going to go for a little break now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear what the critics thought, what uh, Hugh's rating is, and have a cheeky little quiz and find out contact details. So, see you shortly after the break. Hello, and welcome back to part three. And the final part, we are going to start with the critics, I think, Hugh, yeah. as we always always do, historically. Um, I don't know if you saw the Metacritic score for this film. I think it was quite low, wasn't it? It was like, I think it was like 55. 55%. I think that's harsh. But then the, the IMDb rating was 7.8, which is which is solid. That's a solid score. It's a solid 23 percentages better. I was really surprised by the Metacritic score. I, I'm going to read out a couple of um, reviews, one good, one bad. Yeah, sure. Kimberly Jones, uh, Kimberly Jones in the Austin Chronicle, um, said, About time, so full of compassion and care with handling is something different, a kind of benevolence. I walked out of the movie wanting to fall in love, hug a small child, call my parents, and take mm. back the half dozen thoughtless things I'd said that day. I, wondered, I worried I was going soft, so I saw it again. Afterwards, somewhere between a sniffle and a beam, I reached for my phone, and if I'd seen a small child, I probably would have lunged at it too. Four out of five stars. Uh, and I think that very much encompasses what we... Uh, what we said really that the, the sort of life-changing uh, affirm- affirmation is film uh, just before we started recording I, I looked at Mark Kermo's review he said a lot of the yeah. similar things that we did the idea that you know um, just just forget the mechanism stuff and uh, yeah. he talks about this sort of basal exposition thing of yeah. well you know the the butterfly effect doesn't really seem to yeah, there's uh, not, affect there's it like, he loved I think it. there's literally like two bits of exposition in the whole film isn't there Mm, yeah. um, maybe three if you include when he tells his sister but he doesn't really tell her much but more just the idea that you know that Bill Nye is saying look just don't worry about the specifics of this film he's very much the basal exposition yeah. of that but it's just, more about the themes but if I go back to 1999 and I, uh, 1969 well I'd be oh no I've gone boss don't worry <laughs> exactly. about it Basil. just try to just have don't, fun just <laughs> enjoy that it's a metaphor for something else um, yeah. Catherine Shord I want to say in The in the Guardian um, Shordly you can't be serious Shordly uh, you feel a true Scrooge balking at a movie message which urges you to make the most of every day however humdrum it may, may appear but there's something grating about being instructed to do so by a character whose ordinary little life is objectively pretty <laughs> minted and doesn't in fact need to make the most of every moment on account of perhaps the most screwy example of um, primogeniture you could ever imagine <laughs> um, then says Curtis's heart is in the right place in fact it's all over the place front and centre and backlighting the whole thing with a benevolent glow 
but it's hard not to watch this, read the news that it'll probably be his last as a director, and look to the future. And uh, Catherine gave it only two stars out of five. I mean, I can see that. I can I can see both points of view. You know, I can. Yeah. It is. It is what it is. It's. I don't think. I don't. It's I don't like the. I don't like the idea that the movie message is humdrum, because it's not the first time you've heard the idea that you should live every day as if it's your last or whatever. But no. But it's done in a in a different way. It's like saying, oh, well, the message of Shawshank Redemption, obviously, of course, is quite humdrum. It's that hope springs eternal <laughs> and hope's a good thing. It's like fuck off, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's not a humdrum message. That is that is a way of putting a very important message that you've heard before in a new way, and and I think that's really important. But. Yeah, it's hard to argue with some of the specifics there. I think. Yeah, I can see. I can see it from all points of view. So did Kermode like it? Sorry, I wasn't sure. Kermode loved it. Kermode yeah. loved it. Yeah. He's he's quite soft for stuff like this, though, isn't he? To be fair. He is. He he's a big fan of love actually, and and so on. And yeah. yeah. He appreciates when a film makes you feel things, even if it doesn't yeah. stack up. Fair enough, um, fair enough. The most important critic, though, aside from all those people, and, and rest in peace, Roger Ebert, who uh, didn't quite live long enough to watch this film. No, um, Hugh, no how many um, excessive amounts of best men out of ten did you give this film? <laughs> um, this is a... It's a seven. It's a solid seven. It's a seven. It's a I, good I thought seven. maybe. Uh, I thought it's maybe an eight. an eight. No, it's maybe not an eight. eight. It's yeah. definitely not an eight. It just. I, I can't put my finger on it, Sam, because it's not a bad film, but there's just something missing. I, and it's not the perform. It's not even the performances. It's maybe that it's. It is a bit too long. They 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 bring in some false jeopardy that never really works, and then I think it it, it, it the tonal shift from it being sort of a rom com. To being like a like you said this life affirming message of hope and like you know it goes from life it goes from rom com to like family film if that makes sense in mm. and it's and and maybe that's just the fault maybe of the way it was advertised or marketed um, if it was kind of more upfront that actually this is one of these romances that does kind of come together quite quickly and they get together quite quickly and all that and get married and. And then it's more about family and maybe Bill Nye's character and his dad's relationships more front and centre, perhaps. He I should really be on the poster, it. if this film is honest, if the marketing is honest. Yeah, I think the marketing might have been a bit dishonest for this film. I think you've got, you've yeah. got, yeah, you've got a point there, because it shouldn't be just... It does make it look like a proper sort of died-in-the-wall rom-com, doesn't it? And it's not a question of Where will their not. relationship last, etc. There's no the jeopardy. Act. There's no jeopardy in their relationship, other than although after I did the, after the initial. Yeah, yeah. After he finds out that she got a boyfriend, and I did put as one of my things I didn't like is um, um, how this film should have been called "How to Use My Power for Evil," evil i.e., break up couples. Because he essentially <laughs> ruined. He could have ruined that man's life. <laughs> and know, what I really like is that they very, very efficiently made it seem like. Oh, she shouldn't be with him. You know, like he turns up at the party and he does like little finger guns and stuff. And it's like, she, he's too cheesy for this woman. Yeah. No, and they do a bit of that her. as well, don't they? When they go back and stop um, Kit Kat from getting with her boyfriend, mm. where he just goes yeah. for the next thing in a skirt. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you one and thing though, that I liked about this film is at no point when Donald Gleason's meant to be 21 did I not think he was 21. I was like, <laughs> I can see that. And I was like, in my head, I'm going, well, he's clearly not 21. But he must have been like maybe 25 when he made this. And then I he hasn't really him. filled out as a person, as, no, a, as, a, as a physical so being. So <laughs> I mean, maybe he was like, oh, my dad was a bit fat, so maybe I should stay a bit skinny. But um, yeah, he's um, he's 30 in all those scenes. Is he? Yeah, he's at least 20. 29 anyway say if the film was made the year before yeah he's at least born in 1983 late, yeah you're right <laughs> he's late 20s when all those scenes were filmed and by the end of the film he's like the right age yeah although it doesn't Wait, it makes you, you have to you have to hire somebody who can look 21 and 30 I suppose so yeah get a young looking 30 year old yeah yeah um, and that helps and yeah also, one of the characters in this film who could have not been in it for me was Rachel McAdams's Fringe. That that could have that could have <laughs> that, that gave her that um, you know approachable yeah. uh, dorkiness, didn't it? You know, it's mad there, that so. they've got like the amount of great actors, like famous people now who have become famous in the last few years. Obviously, um, well, she was ma- mega famous at the time. Oh this, yeah, this, oh, no, this Rachel is ten McAdams years is, after Notebook yeah, and uh, Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's, she's old. Yeah, so how old was she old when she made the Notebook? Then she must have been pretty young. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up because obviously she played a teenager in Mean yeah. Girls. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean Margot Robbie. She'd obviously been in Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, so she's had her breakthrough. I'm but guessing, she wasn't quite Margot Robbie. I, don't I think, think what yeah. must have happened is they must have filmed this before Wolf of Wall Street came out. I mean, she is quite uh, prominent. Wasn't Wolf Wall Street like twenty? Oh that no, was, you're right. Yeah, that it was, was twenty. Time, yeah, wasn't it, it did come out. I think it came out in the January of 2013. Yeah, you're right. I for some reason made it was a couple of years old. So Rachel McAdams is five years older than Donald Gleeson. So, what, uh, so she would have been about. <laughs> she would have been about thirty-five. Well, well. thirty-four. So and they, I mean, she doesn't look. Obviously, the bit when they meet in the restaurant, uh, in in the dark. Um, yeah, she's obviously not. 22 <laughs> but you wouldn't no. think she was th- but again she's she's, she's got to exactly yeah she's what? got to play somebody who's in her early 20s and then also a mum of three uh in her, yeah. in her 30s so yeah mean girl she's about 25 <laughs> 24 25 <laughs> that's funny. yeah not unusual yeah, though, I guess. yeah she went to york university mm, uh, in but in ontario uh, oh, she's yeah, from she, London, but in Ontario. Ontario, Ontario, <laughs> Ontario yeah. yeah, she's Canadian, isn't she? Which is weird because she was playing yeah. an American. Donald Gleeson, who's Irish, was playing an Englishman. And yep. Margot Robbie was play, an Australian who was playing <laughs> an Englishwoman. Yeah. And I genuinely didn't realise it was Margot Robbie until I went and looked on the cast list. For, so I did, after the film? No, I was looking at, I was looking at her and I was going... That woman looks familiar. She's and very I even, clearly Margot Robbie. In my head, I was like, she looks a bit like Margot Robbie, but the, <laughs> her English accent just threw me completely. I The experience I had watching it this week was, oh, I forgot she's in it. She's yeah. so beautiful, I forget her name whenever I look at her. <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot she... I forgot... Um, the that bit when she's doing the tennis is just soft-core <laughs> porn, isn't it? Essentially. It's brutal. Um, but yeah, brutal. I, um, and then... And then I looked, because I was looking at the, the cast list on my phone while I was watching it. And then I was like, oh, that was Margot Robbie. It was Margot Robbie. So the woman who looked like Margot Robbie turned out to be Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's sort of out of place in this film, isn't she? Because it, yeah. you think of it as a very English film and she's sort of this yeah. Hollywood era. There's well, lots of great, you know, there's lots of great accents on show here. You know, people doing, hmm. her English accent's really good. Donald Gleeson's yeah. accent's really good. Donald Gleeson's Hugh Grant is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure Rachel McAdams is maybe turning down the Canadian I guess 
I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll ask Dakota show. next time we speak to him. <laughs> we will. Our good friend Dakota. By the way, listen, listen to Contra Zoom Pod. It's yeah. one of the best film podcasts there is. Anyway, uh, aside we from need to get going with What's this, really important here, Hugh, Hugh, is how well do you remember the film? So yes. let's get on with it. We're talking about Margot Robbie. Question one, how long does Margot Robbie's character, Charlotte, stay? A month. Dragon. Oh, the, Dragon. The, the whole summer? Two months. Is it two it's months? Two months. Well, I thought it was a month. Two months. When Tim moves to London, where abouts geographically in London does he move? St. John's Wood. Oh, well done, mate. I was going to give you the clue, that's where I went. Yeah, you lived near there, didn't you? I was equidistant between Swiss Cottage and St. John's Wood, so yeah, so... Uh, I think I actually recognised it. Because I remember when we walked down to Abbey Road that time. Mm. To oh, yeah. And oh, yes. Abbey Road and some of the streets around there. That was good five minutes from there uh, question three at what age does dad who I don't think has a name uh, retire he, he does have a name oh he does yeah he's called question um, three what's the dad's name yeah because that's an easier question his name is uh, James Lake James uh, it is oh, fair enough uh, and that's you got uh, that from IMDB or did it mention no it he says thing? it in the in the film um, oh he does he does yeah, yeah he says I'm James Lake's son you're absolutely right and it's, it, I think what threw me off it. was when I was checking the veracity of the quotes that I'd written down I went to IMDB and he's always credited as his dad anyway yeah. at what age does he retire oh yeah it's 50 isn't it? we mentioned it before fantastic 50's right according to Mary the mum the older mum Tim's mum mm. why is it very bad for a girl to be too pretty uh, because she's it means she's not funny yeah I'll, t- I'll, I'll take it uh, I'll uh, yeah, I'll give you the Which point. No Stop developing a sense of humour or personality. Exactly. Yeah, no yeah. sense of humour or personality. Yeah, that's it. Which I felt was a real dig at Marco Robbie, <laughs> 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 especially, especially because that was who we had this absolute knockout in who's boring as shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who actually is quite funny in real life as well. If you ever see mm. interviews mm. with him and stuff. Uh, question five: When Tim and Mary first meet, he asks her what she looks like. She first says she looks like Kate Moss. Yeah, but then she says, "No, no, I don't. Actually, I look more like what kind of animal? A squirrel. Very good. Uh, five out of five, probably. I think. Yeah, uh, five, I think oh, I got the first one wrong. Four and a half out of five. Yeah, I one said the whole month is half of two months. Giving a, yeah, giving an exact time from I'm, I'm in a generous mood because yeah. I've learned to accept the tragedies and the uh, yeah, and you, the, you and smell the, the roses every day of life. Yeah, they should smell have called this film. Sm- I actually think the name for this film is actually quite bad. About time because it doesn't. It's a bit generic. Apparently, the mm. working title from IMDb trivia was uh, Cupboard, which I think was far better. Yeah. I think that would have been a much worse title, right. but I liked it as a working then, title. What's uh, that? We've finally come to the conclusion, I'm a knob, Hugh's right every time. Obviously. Hugh, what are we going to find out next week? So next week, we're uh, going to change tack a little in tone. Uh, we're going to look at the 1999, or was it 99? No, sorry, I think it's 2001. I can't remember what year it is, doesn't matter. I'll, you'll <laughs> find out next week, it's something for you to look forward to. Uh, we're going to do Blood Diamond because uh, I know that's a film you have not seen and I think it's a film you should see some it's been on my list since the very start <laughs> it's set no do you know why I got it in mistake because it's set in 1999 right 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 right, right. Yeah, yeah 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 I thought it was a film you <laughs> actually have seen to be brutally honest so I was surprised when you said you hadn't right uh, yeah so yeah do you know what do you know about it Sam 
it's about uh, I presume the diamond trade is it in South Africa because uh, old Leo's got a South African accent. Uh, no, it's not. It's he has got a South African accent, and I don't know if it's good or bad. We'll maybe discuss that at, at the time. It's set in Sierra Leone. Right, uh, of course, yes. Uh, make sure there's pro- there's a guy on YouTube does a lot of uh, breaking down of accents. He's almost certainly going to have attacked this. He must have done see, it. see if you can watch have. that in time. And, he's uh, done let so me know many videos. Good. He's he's equi- he's omnipresent. Um, <laughs> it's also got the fella off of um, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, and Quiet Place Part Honsu. Two, who I like a lot, and Gladiator. Oh, sorry, Jimon Honsu, Jennifer Connelly uh, as well. Who? Is she now? She, yeah, the woman who doesn't do do age. <laughs> well, I, I will watch that immediately. She's like the male uh, uh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know anything about it. I, I know that it's going to be um, a bit actiony, probably, and a bit uh, tense and gritty and all that. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, we'll find out. All that remains to be said, Hugh, is if they want to get in touch with us, tell us what would they do with Tim's about time power and or what they think of Blood Diamond. How could they do that? So what they can do is they can find out that they've magically manifested time travel uh, abilities at the age of 21. Uh, older ages are available, but below 21, no, just no. Okay. <laughs> um, and then what they need to do is they need to get into a cupboard or a small toilet. They need to imagine themselves back in somewhere with a computer. Um, and then they can go to that computer. If, and if they know the password, they can type in an email to us at please watch this dot pod at gmail.com now unless you if you can think of another way to do that without time travel I'm all here Sam uh, let me google it uh, oh there's a there's a there's a thing called Twitter um, oh right you can okay. get in touch with us on Twitter they could I've, yeah. I've, let me just make a profile okay <laughs> you can get uh, in touch with us on Twitter at please watch pod that's quick um, you made that profile very fast tell us what would you do basically how old are you and what could you do in that time you know if you're born in I mean, 1950 you don't have to tell us how old you are tell well, us how old you are listener I mean, for I Christ's suppose, sake I mean it, I mean, yeah if you were born in 1950 then you could do you know maybe you could stop like the Suez Canal crisis or something <laughs> like that maybe stop John Top Lennon from dying um, at 12 years old you can stop the Cuban Missile Crisis yeah, yeah at 12 that's a very shout thing. duck from the grassy knoll <laughs> at 13 or, or be the person on the grassy knoll <laughs> at, at, why would they be 13 if they were born in 1950 because it's 1960 oh yeah it was 1963 why did I think it was 1966 oh. for a second there I, honestly, honestly I want to come <laughs> right now at this because you've got a date right that I I got a one over the, the historical politicist uh, uh, yeah, yeah what, no it was yeah 1963 wasn't it yeah. November 23rd hmm <laughs> anyway, uh, listener, you've been a diamond for sticking with us for this um, long. Especially with this to us next week with the blood diamond. <laughs> yeah. Hugh, I'm thrilled that you love the film. I like to call it. Uh, is it another man film? Is it? Uh, yeah, that's I why I didn't watch I it. I think you would bit. see it as a man film. It looked like a sort of bland man film, but oh, I've got Netflix. an open mind. It's on Netflix. It is. I'd have to pay for it, so I will love well, it. We hope it's still on Netflix by the time we both go to watch it. <laughs> All right, then, listener, enjoy Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad, and uh, we'll see you what, slash what? talk at you. Why are they going to see The Suicide Squad? Did you enjoy any out? film that you have to go see at the cinema? Not just The Suicide Squad. All the screens are going to be showing yeah. The Suicide Squad, Hugh, so yeah. enjoy that, listener. Okay. And we'll talk. <laughs> you next week I love you very you, random uh, also that, yeah I'm just confused now <laughs> but, oh, hang on <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>